everybody. So today is part two of the episode that I did with Sarah. So let's jump into it. Okay, so now I have like a bunch of like things I've learned. I also have things I want to ask you like your stance on this or that. Okay. Um, but then like just like things that you've learned as a nanny, like w- words of wisdom that you have or like things like that. Okay. Um, that you've learned just like from nannying and things like that. Um, so like I have one I said, okay, so like. I've had several families that their kids wake up at the ass crack of dawn and it's because they, when they wake up, they can get on like devices and they can play games and they can like watch TV or they can like whatever. And I'm like, if they have no incentive to do that, they will not wake up early. And like, that was something that there was like one family that was struggling constantly because they were like, we don't know how to get her to go back to sleep. And I'm like, well, when you give her an iPad to play on in the morning, like, what do you think? Like, she's like, oh, that's when I get to play on the iPad. So I'm going to wake yeah, up. I'm like, not going to put myself back to sleep right. for an hour. Yeah. Right. And like when, like anybody, when they wake up, there's like this moment where it's like, am I going to get up or am I going to like go back to sleep? And it's like, if you have like enticing things like that to wake up for, then you're like, wait a minute, I'm awake. Like, and then you just keep doing that. And then it happens. And now it's like never ending. So my thing is like, don't let your children like play on things at like, Six o'clock in the morning, like, because they'll go back to sleep. Yeah. I'm very big on, like, I'm an anti-iPad person. Oh, for sure. 100%. I have worked for families who let them have free reign or, like, they're less strict about devices. And I've worked for family who have done no technology for children under a certain age um, or, like, they only have an iPad during travel. Um And I definitely think there's, like, a fine line between screen time and, like, you can have screen time in small doses and it doesn't affect them. Right. um, Like, their behavior-wise. But if you have no rules for screen time. Yeah. And they just have iPads and they can watch as much TV, like, you're going to be, you're going to dig yourself into a hole with kids behavior-wise. So you have to, like, figure out, like, what works for your kid as far as, like, if they're better off getting 30 minutes and they can, like, what am I trying to say? <laughs> I don't see this how I, I feel. have to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it has, I don't think it needs to be an all or nothing kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you, you don't need to go, like, all in on the iPad or have your kid never look at a screen. Like, you have to, like, find a balance. Right. But I do veer on the side of no no screens for Same. kids. Same. Um, because they just get into a trance, and they become obsessed. And it's, like, been proven to, like, stunt their yeah. growth, like, yeah. their brain development. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm very team no iPad. I... Also, like, I have never worked for a family where the TV has been on during the day. Like, I see people, like, that are, like, watching the news or, like, whatever, like, on Nanny Twitter or, like, just in general. And, like, I'm, like, what what is it like to be able to have just, like, daytime TV on in the background? Like, a cooking show. could not be obsessed Like, a it. cooking show or, like, um, just, like, a morning talk show. Like... I cannot even imagine what that's like because every single family I've worked for, they're so like, 
the TV is on and they're like, like crazy. And so it's like, it's just never even been a thing where I've thought to turn the TV on. Like the TV's never been on because it's like, it's, they're just going to be like zombies. And like, I really want to know what it's like to just like have a TV, like just like as background noise, just like in the background, like not even like a thing because like, they're all so like crazy. Like I just, it's, I've never, I don't know. It's so weird. Um, but I'm the same way and I'm super big on like fucking babies. Like I've had like, we've had like family and things like that, like have babies and they're like, Oh my God, it's his favorite show. And I'm like, he's six months old. That's not his favorite show. No, no, no. I'm like, I know you're like not supposed to judge people or like, we judge, we judge judge the hell out of people who prop their infants in a a boppy in front of a TV. And they're just like staring at the TV. And it's like, do you understand what you're doing to your child? Like they don't like the show. They're looking at shapes and colors. Yeah. And it doesn't matter that it's like this black and white sensory uh, show that you found on YouTube for your infant. Do you know what real sensory play is? Them being on the floor and yeah. exploring their surroundings. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about. Yeah. Oh my God. It makes me. And I, I or like. And children under two years old. Or like when you have to go, when you're like at a restaurant and you like hand the one year old an iPad and you're like, here. And I'm like, yes. what are you doing? Oh my god! It just went wah, like, wah, wah. I, <laughs> like echoed. Um, yeah, people who can't go in public without the iPad mm-hmm. couldn't be me. No. I'm sorry, and I understand that there are certain circumstances where um, it might actually be a necessity due yeah. to a developmental disorder or something. Um, I can't speak to that, but if you have a neurotypical child who is who does have the ability to behave and to listen, they don't need an iPad yeah. just for you to be able to go out to dinner. Like, you need to be teaching them these skills. Right, right. Because how are they going to go to school and sit in their cafeteria and eat their lunch if every time they sit at a table they to get... eat for any other meal, mm-hmm. they have an iPad? Yeah. So they, like, yeah. yeah. I am glad you stressed that because this is strictly neurotypical children. Like, there is a yes. whole separate <laughs> issue. Like, there is a whole separate set of rules if your child is, you know, has any sort of disorder or, um, like, learning disability at all or even just, like... Or like, even, like, a legit, like, behavioral disorder. Right. Um, but, yeah, for your... Average... I, don't say, I, I, know, average I know, I know, I know, I know. But neurotypical yeah yeah a good good word um your kid can learn how to behave and it takes time and you might have to leave a restaurant and for them to get it but you you need to teach children how to be functioning members of our society yeah and you can't rely on them just sitting there and being still because it's not realistic well and the thing is is like I have no problem with like screens per se because like it's like I'm on my phone like I'm on my computer I'm watching tv like I'm whatever but I have interests outside of those things like I would rather read a book than watch tv I don't know why it's echoing all of a sudden I would rather read a book than watch tv I would rather um shit that's gonna be a problem um I would rather do that than you know whatever so it's like to have them just like rely on it such like in such a way is like I don't know it's like 
And there's so much more things that kids can do when they're kids that, yeah, you know, so. But like, I don't know. I think about the differences, like with how kids are raised now versus when, you know, we're, we're close enough in age. We can, like yeah. how we were brought up, like we didn't have iPads. We didn't have our parents' phones that we could play on. Um, so like we actually learned how to play right. and how to have interests outside of being on the computer because desktop computer in your house that everyone else had access to. So yeah. it wasn't like no one had like these personal devices to the extent that everyone has today. Right. Um, so that's why like whenever we have kids, if we're lucky to have kids, we're we're gonna be no screen people. And yeah. people might think that's weird. Yeah. But at least for like the first four years of their life, like yeah. you need to like set them up for success because if they can learn to be creative and learn to read and learn to just play and be creative, um, I think they're going to be set up to be better just human beings in general right? than being raised with the TV right. or an iPad. Yeah. You know? Um, so do you prefer boys or girls? Oh, I wrote that down. Boys. Yeah, I think boys are a lot boys. easier. And they're sweeter. They're so sweet. So yes. sweet. They're so sweet and loving and just kind. And they have the sweetest little heart. And they just like, oh, they make you melt because they're just so sweet. Um, Yeah, boys over girls. Yeah. Like my dream is to have like three boys. Oh, and just be and a boy like, mom. I know. And Love just it. be a boy mom, like taking them to soccer and golf and um whatever sport they want to do or just yeah. you know I don't know boys are just girls great. Are I would so love sassy. I would love to have three little Ian's running around yes that's so <laughs> I, you know how they say that like you shouldn't be with someone if you wouldn't want a son just like them I've never heard give that 20 give yeah that's like the biggest relationship advice I've ever been given is don't be with someone if you wouldn't want a son that's just like them that's amazing advice, though. And I would take 20 of him because he's such a great person. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> so give me, give me all the boys. All the boys. Because if they out like him, then they're going to be great little people. What does that mean, though, if if you had a girl and it turned out like you? That wouldn't oh, be well, good? she'd be great. <laughs> no, she'd be great. Yeah. I feel like girls no. are so sassy. They are so... I think just every... It's not to be stereotypical, but, like, women are, like, highly emotional people. Yeah. Just, there's no way, like, just, I think just biologically. Yeah. Um, and you see that in little girls, and they are just, they can be so high-strung, and they want to push boundaries, and they want to, like, yeah, they're sassy, and they have attitudes, and I'm like... Can you not? Give me a boy. (laughs) Give me a boy any day of the week. And I think there's a lot... You have to be aware of a lot more things when you're raising girls mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah. And obviously you need to be aware of, you know, teaching your boys certain things. Right. Um, like respect. Right. <laughs> and, you know, consent and all that stuff. Like, so there are challenges with like raising boys and raising girls, but I just feel like there's so much at stake when you're raising girls. Yeah. I always thought I wanted you know? a little girl, but I definitely think like being a boy mom would be way better. Like I just... Yeah, I, can't, I don't know. 
And I think just like my personality, like I've always loved sports and I've always had a ton of guy friends and I don't know, I think I would be described as like a guy's girl, like yeah. I'll watch football with you and like I know what I'm talking about and you know, I can just hang out with the guys and I don't know, just all the boys that I've ever nannied, like like yeah, this is what I want. I want to be a boy mom. Yeah. So bad. But now that I've said that for so many years, I'm sure it's gonna be a girl. <laughs> all- <sighs> but yeah. I would personally pick boys over girls. Um, I also put on here that my least favorite age for girls is like three to five because they go through such a sassy stage, I feel like. And they they like are little liars. Like Yeah. They're they're manipulative. I've had so many girls in that age range and they all are just like little shitheads. <laughs> they're just like such brats at that age so it's just like and like I feel like the boys don't go through that and I wonder if it's like something I don't think they do either because I've I was with P from two and a half to five mm-hmm. and he was never I mean he had like his you know three-year-olds like tantrum whatever tantrums and like normal like yeah you're three but he was just always so sweet the entire time but I'm nannying a two-year-old girl right now, and I'm, like, losing my mind yeah. because she's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's something because, like, girls mature so much faster than boys, so I wonder if they just, like, go through such, like, a, like, whatever, and guys are just, like, chill the whole time because it just takes them yeah. longer or something. I don't know, but, yeah, girls are whatever. Um, so what's your stance on cry it out? I this, used to be this is controversial. Very, <laughs> I, used to, I think that I know more about the psychology behind babies and why they cry and things that can happen to them psychologically if they are left to cry it out. Mm-hmm. So I think I would say it's like I'm not very pro cry it out. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I'm a psychologist and um, she was from a different country and I guess they don't do cry it out in other countries. Mm -hmm. Um, So like the way that people sleep trained in America is so different from how they do things in other places. Um, So like the idea that you would leave a baby alone in a room to cry and Mm -hmm. learn how to self-soothe is crazy because they don't have the um the like mental capacity to actually self-soothe they only stop crying because they realize that no one is coming to Mm. help them Mm -hmm. and that really got me I was like oh my god they don't actually learn how to self-soothe they just realize that no one's coming and it isn't worth their physical energy to cry yeah for that long yeah and that really like got me and I was like okay but I'm also, I also struggle parenting philosophies and I don't know, I feel like I'm going to be in the middle with like a lot of stuff. That's how I feel. Yeah. But I think you can definitely give them a few minutes to like figure something out, but any more than like five minutes, like, no, I'm going up, baby. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like at one point and maybe even still now, I feel like I lean more to like pro cry it out 
but I feel like I probably fall somewhere in between because I'm not going to let them just scream and cry and, like, yeah. just, like, be miserable. But I also... It am, also depends on, like, their age and, like... Right, right. I think you know. that there's a lot of, like, nuance. I think that I probably fall closer to the middle where it's, like, I want them to, like, be able to, like, go to bed and, like, go to sleep and, like, not... Like, it not be, like, this whole huge production and, like, whatever. Yeah. But I also don't want them to be, like miserable and like crying alone so yeah it's like a mix like whatever um what about baby led weaning oh I'm all for it me too I think it's so cool how you can like introduce these foods to babies and it's like almost instinctual how they like learn how to feed themselves yeah um and I do think that you get like more adventurous eaters and kids who are less picky if you do baby led weaning I agree and my boss has mentioned something um about like a kid a baby's palate mm-hmm. um so that's why you are supposed to not introduce things that have, like, artificial sugar mm-hmm. because you need to, like, establish, like, their savory palate yeah, so that they can, like, when they grow up, like, so they still, like, it's, like, another thing with, like, eating. Like, I'm very pro whole foods yeah. and, you know not feeding kids processed stuff because I think it affects how they approach food as they get older and that those kids become pickier eaters than kids who were given like fruits and vegetables and like proteins and stuff and not like processed stuff yeah when they were learning to like eat and like establishing good eating habits in yeah. that way yeah I am picky as shit, so my kid is going to get, like, every single thing, and they are going to eat, like, all the food, and, like, they are going to, like, we are going to, like, be, like, on it, because, like, I'm not, I don't want someone to be like me. Like, I don't want them to not like food. I want them to like everything and, like, try everything and, like, at least have the opportunity, and I also yeah. think... I think a lot of it is just the opportunity to, like, try things yeah. and have them be familiar with trying unfamiliar things yeah you know I also like the whole like sensory aspect of it that they're able to like play and interact with the food and it's not like here's mush for the first year of your life it's like here's like actual food that you can like play with and gnaw on and like see how you feel about it you know and it's actually like not as I think people think it's very intimidating Mm mm-hmm but it's actually so much easier. So much easier. It's so much easier. All you need is, you don't even need like those fancy like baby steamer gadgets or you don't even need like an instant pot. You just need a stove and mm-hmm. a steamer basket and yeah. you can do all these things to give them for baby lead weaning. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm they're like real food instead of yes. whatever baby food is. In, like whatever. Um, what about, well, we've talked about this a lot, plastic toys versus wooden toys. <laughs> wooden <Yeah>. toys. <laughs> wooden toys all the way, all the sensory stuff. Um, I know people say, like, my house is never going to be overrun by plastic, bright-colored 
crap, but then eventually, yeah, it does. Um, I'm just going to take a hard stance and that's not going to be my house. Yeah. Um, because open-ended toys are like very important to like me and how I would want my child to like learn how to play. And like with my current job, um, she has a lot of open-ended toys and they do learn just so many more things when they have a toy that they can be creative with versus, okay, well this cheap plastic toy, I can press a button and that's Mm -hmm. it. Like teaching kids, kids how to like learn and like be creative with toys is like super important to me. And especially since like for their first like four years of life, that's how they learn is through play. So like, it's super important to me. Um, to not have plastic crap all over my house. Not have, (laughs) like, so many, like, they don't, like, you don't need to have, like, baskets full of toys and, like, toys everywhere. Like, I want the toys, like, put away. I want, like, them to be, like, not, like, imposing on my house, like, imposing on my children. Like, there's, like, no reason for it. Like, kids are happy with a cardboard box. So why... Exactly. Like, why do you think kids want to play with the box versus... The toy, because right. they can do more things with the box creatively then than they, they can, can with, the, with toy. Mm-hmm. the toy that you just, like, press a few buttons on, and that's it. Yeah. And, like, I know, like, you can't control, like, what other people buy for you, and, um, the- <laughs> but. I can control what goes in the Goodwill boundaries. box. <laughs> the Goodwill <laughs> bin. People, yeah, people struggle with boundaries with that stuff, and they don't want to stand up for what they're parenting I don't know, but yeah. That's something that we have, like, strong feelings about is, like, people buying our kid, like, experiences versus, like, toys and, like, people, like... Get a zoo membership, aquarium membership, or just, like, a day, like, at the aquarium. Right. Or the zoo. I would much rather you spend your time on my child than your money on my child. Like, I don't... We don't need, like, all these toys. Like, we don't need, like... It's just going to get donated, so. Yeah. That was, like, one thing I wrote down of, like, when you wrote, I think it's, like, parenting hot takes. Um, It was, like, kids don't need nearly as much crap as you think they do. No. And that, yeah, toys is a big thing. Yeah. And it's it's so, and it's, like, kids, they're not going to remember that. They're going to remember that, like, their grandma always takes them to the zoo. Like, they're going to remember that, like, you know, like, whatever. So, it's, like, so... It's just so unnecessary. And you're you're doing those things for you. Like, you're not doing those... Like, you're not... I don't know. Yeah. I could go on and on about that. That's, like, a whole, like... Um, <laughs> but, yes. Um, let's see. What did I say? I said the nanny is always right. <laughs> Why did I say that? <laughs> I said something super nanny situation with the the devil family that I worked for. Oh, I was their sixth nanny. I don't know why it's echoing. That's going to drive me bananas. Um, so I, I guess what I meant in that situation is like, you, like the nanny is always going to do like what's best versus what's easy because like we don't, like we are not affected by them being upset with like our things as you know what I mean like we don't have the guilt that like I feel like parents have yeah so you're able to set more firm yes uh, 
like boundaries with kids or like be more firm with like teaching them certain things because yeah you can clock out at five o'clock and you don't have to deal with the um I don't know why I don't know but I guess that's just how I um okay so and we kind of talked about this with like the food and stuff but like how do you feel about snacks like kids snacking all day I don't agree with kids snacking all day yeah I think it you know, people wonder, well, why can't my kids sit down at lunch or at dinner and eat their food? Right. Because they're not hungry because you've been giving them snacks all day. Um, I think as a parent or as a nanny, your job is to provide them with nutritious food. Mm-hmm. And it's their job to eat it. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of people struggle with that because then it becomes a power struggle between well, you need to eat. You have to eat this, this, and this. And the kid is... This is like a big thing for me. Um, I think you can have appointment snack times. So like you get a morning snack and an afternoon snack. Mm-hmm. And this is what you get. Mm-hmm. If you don't want it, okay, you're not eating until lunch. Mm-hmm. So then kids learn, okay, well, this is my snack. I have I'm going to eat it because I'm hungry and I don't want to wait until lunch. Um, That's like kind of what we've been doing with my current nanny child. Um, We realized that how we were giving her like snacks and lunch, her like blood sugar kept like dipping and it was affecting like her behavior because I just think as like at like a baseline, she just, her blood sugar wasn't like stable. Yeah. (laughs) She just kept like crashing. Yeah. Um, and we've been doing this for, like, three weeks. We're, like, 9.30 is her snack. We offer her something to eat. She can either eat it or not. But she knows that if she doesn't eat her snack, she doesn't eat until lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with breakfast and dinner and afternoon snack. Um, so, yeah, I'm very pro. You get two snacks a day. Yeah. And you have your meals. And, you know, maybe if... You've been running around a lot one day and, okay, yeah, you're probably hungry more than you normally would be. You can make exceptions, but kids who just, like, have access to, like, just, let's be honest, crappy snack food all day. Right, You're you're not going to, who will sit down for dinner because they've filled up with chips and cookies and one of the whatever they eat one of the like little devil children was like yesterday you didn't let me eat a snack and then I was hungry at dinner time so I had to eat dinner and I didn't it's like something that I didn't want to eat or something and I was like (laughs) that's the point um yeah I'm like all for like having like fruits and vegetables and stuff out and it's like you can eat them like whenever like whatever I have like older kids than you do right now so I'm like all for like you do what you want to do um, what has been funny lately is David is the oldest and David, um, is in swim is he's like on swim team. So he will eat dinner and then like come home and eat dinner again because he's like burning so many calories and stuff. Um, yeah. so he will eat dinner no matter what else he eats. Like he will come home and snack after school and will make himself like a whole freaking meal half the time. And I, like, don't care because he's always like, have I ever spoiled my appetite? <laughs> and, like, he will always eat dinner. And I always make them dinner that has, like, a fruit and a vegetable and, a, like, whatever. So they always are yeah. having, like, very good, like, meals. 
So he eats every single thing on his plate and he doesn't argue about it. So if he wants to come home and make himself a bowl of cereal or make himself an ice cream sundae, like I don't care because he will eat his dinner and I like whatever. And so like Halloween, they have like all this candy and stuff still from Halloween. And so like he'll come home and eat like a bunch of candy and whatever. And they're like, why does he get to eat candy? And I'm like, he eats his dinner. Like he can eat a bunch of crap if he wants to because they have it in their house. Um, because I know that he's also going to eat all of the nutritious food that I'm like making him later. And then like the little girl, like she never eats all of her dinner. Like even if she doesn't snack, like she never eats all of her dinner. So I'm like, if you're going to snack, your snacks are not going to be bad for you because I know you're not going to eat dinner later. So it's like, sorry, the rules aren't the same, but like, I keep telling her, I'm like, finish your dinner every night and I will happily let you eat whatever you want when you come home. Like whatever. So I like, I, and like Tommy and I have talked about it. Like we don't have like snacks. Like we don't buy, like he might buy chips every once in a while just cause he's like in the store and is like, Oh, those look good. But, like, yeah. if I snack, I snack on, like, fruit or, like, granola yeah. or, like, whatever. And, like, he snacks on, like, popcorn sometimes. Like, he likes popcorn. Like, I'm, like, a sucker for, like, sweet stuff. And that's, like, a separate issue. <laughs> but, like, um, like for the most part, we're not, like, snacking in between meals. So, we're just, like, not concerned that that's going to be a thing. Yeah. But. Um, what is this? Oh, this is my, like, one of my words of wisdom. I said that if you're breastfeeding and your kid is going to be fed elsewhere, please practice feeding bottles. Yes. That is a huge thing. I actually just, somebody on Annie's Twitter was asking questions to ask, and that's one that they should ask. Um, Like, I feel like that happens constantly where, like, this has happened in so many families. They, like, breastfeed, and then I'm, like, the first person to feed them a bottle. And I'm, like... Yeah. What? Like, no, you have to work on this. Like when my my six month old that I nanny right now, I've been with him since he was before he was born, obviously. Um, but yeah, you ha- that's like a transition that like you need to plan for and do well in advance before you need them to actually be expected to take bottles from someone else, right? Because it took like. It took a solid, I think, three weeks of working with him to, like, actually get him to take the bottle Mm -hmm. and, like, take his whole bottle. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, expecting, just be like, oh, yeah, this kid's been breastfed for four months, and then all of a sudden I'm going to go back to work and start pumping, and he has to take bottles during the day, but we haven't practiced. So, like, have fun with this screaming child who's hungry and has never seen a bottle before. Like, you're just setting setting yourself up to fail. It's happened with so many families, and, like, we joke about it now, but my nanny family that I'm with, um, she's like, you were going to quit. And I was, like, it was bad for, like, 12 weeks. It was, like, a long time. And, like, I was I was feeding him with, like, an eyedropper because I was like, you have yeah. to eat. Like, I was trying everything. It was there is so, nothing worse than, like, a hungry baby cry. It was so bad. It's so bad. And especially because, like, they don't understand. But you're like, hey, just take your bottle, please. Yeah. He is, like, the love of my life now. But I was like, dude. He's your little sidekick. I cannot. 
like I cannot do this. I was like crying every day. Um, I also said that swimming class is always worth it, in my opinion. Um, Tommy was talking to me about um that like infant survival swimming or whatever when they like drop them in the pool and he was like, he's like this is yeah. so traumatic and like all this stuff and I was telling him like all of this I was just like rattling off like all of these things about like them learning how to swim at a young age and them like whatever and like all like there's so many kids that like drown and like there are so many kids that like like so very young and stuff and like kids can learn so quickly like I've been in so many swim swim classes with kids and like just like the skills to just like grab onto the wall and just to like float on your back float yeah yeah it's like so I'm very big on like water safety and like yeah swim yeah. classes are always worth it. Yeah, and I think that like it seems like such a like frivolous. I feel like it sounds frivolous. Like my kids in swimming yeah. classes when they're like two, but it's like so. And if like you don't have a pool, but like right, it's like what be, your kid is going to be around water at some point. So like, yeah, it's always worth yeah. Well, and I think even more so too if you do have if you have a pool or you're in somewhere where they're going to be swimming a lot and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. those are all my words of wisdom. Do you have any that you want? Um, so this is like something I've learned, um, that I think people think is gross. Cloth diapers mm-hmm. aren't as bad as you think. Yeah. So if you, if you think that's something you might want to try, or if you, you know, interview with a family who's like, oh yeah, we have cloth diaper. Don't be intimidated. It's not as gross as you think. Um, and I think that's actually something that we're going to hopefully do with our kids mm-hmm. is like cloth diapers. So it's not as gross as you think. Yeah. Um, and it's another thing. Just like being a nanny in general, working for families who don't have pets, it's a lot easier than working with families who do. Yeah. Yeah. Because they might be like, oh, yeah, we just have a dog and he just needs to go out like Every once in a while, he's not a big deal. The dog is a big deal. Dog is and another child that you have to take care of. It's going to become another child that you have to take care of. So if you're ever uh, debating between two families, I would say pick the, uh, the pick one that the doesn't the one have without, pets. without pets. <laughs> That's something that my nanny kids, they want a dog really bad. And I know that their parents are not going to budge. But I'm just like, this is no. totally going to be our You need a raise. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Take no, a puppy. It's not happening. Um, so I changed a lot of, I was, um, what was I going to say? Oh, cloth diapers. Like I did that a lot when I worked in the preschool. So I am like, it's like, whatever. Tommy would absolutely never. He would never. He would never. (laughs) I've like brought it up to Ian and Ian is like, wants to be Mm eco-friendly and like always wants to recycle all these things. But the idea of cloth diapers is like abhorrent to him. Mm -hmm. Like, like no yeah it's but really yeah, it's, it's it's not bad and like I like it really isn't I was like super surprised yeah I could do it um but uh, Tommy over like Tommy's dead body would we ever do it unfortunately <laughs> it's like he's like absolutely not it's not happening um but and like Tommy would do a lot of things but he would not do that yeah that's where he draws the line yeah that's like his line he's like mm, no Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to be lucky if he changes. And I honestly, I told him, like, I will. What did I tell him? I, I feel like I made a deal with him about something. Where I was like, I will totally change every single poopy diaper. What did I want in return? 
I don't know. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Bodily fluids don't bother me at this. Like, yeah, no, I'm essentially numb. I yes. will, I will say, give me all the poop to handle in the world, mm-hmm. but I can't do vomit. So it's like one thing where, like, I know I'm gonna, Ian's gonna have to be like that parent because mm-hmm. if my kid's throwing up, I'm sorry, I love you. But I cannot be in the same room as you, and I can't help you until you're done. <laughs> See, vomit doesn't bother me. Mucus oh, bothers me. Oh, like, mucus is gross. Mu- like, if it's just, like, I have like a funny boogers. Story, but- <laughs> I, boogers bother me. You would die. I have this one picture of P when he was, like, four or five years old. We were at a park, mm-hmm. and we went to, like, the park bathroom because he had to pee. And... We're like washing our hands, getting ready, and he sneezes. And next thing I know, uh, his whole face is covered in snot, just everywhere. Kids are kids are so gross. I was like, I've never seen this much mucus and snot on a kid's face before. It was like almost impressive, but really gross. Oh no, kids but are yeah, so disgusting. I can't do it. I think that's like my one thing is like mucusy, like like runny noses i hate it i hate all i'm like i will catch your poop in my bare hands before i want to like wipe your nose like i don't know or like catch your sneeze oh no yeah yeah (laughs) kids are disgusting they're so disgusting and they they sneeze in your mouth and oh they like your face like kids have such great immune systems i don't know about you but i have a great immune system. oh i'm never sick no because never no yeah, I, I just get like a sinus infection or like I have asthma. Yeah, but, like I don't get like colds or like yeah. I don't catch everything that the kids have because you know what they've coughed in my face and you know sneezed in my eye. Yeah, for years. Like yeah, I know we keep talking. <laughs> Nanny gives you a good immune. System. I know we keep talking about like what happens if like they like the family I work for gets COVID or something, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about it. Like, I will still come to work. Like, <laughs> I will be fine. Like, if I need to stay there, I can stay there. But I'm just, like, I'm I'm super confident, which is, like, not okay. But I'm super confident that if I get it, I'm, like, going to be, like, fine. Yeah. I just, like, I like kids, kids just, like, do something to you. Okay, so then the last thing I was going to talk about or, like, the last section or whatever um, was just, like, the bond that you have with different kids that you've had or, like, families that you've worked for like we've kind of talked about it a little bit but just like some of the like special things that have come from nannying um so I would say like the child I have like the closest connection with is P um I mean the job I had with him was just amazing we had so much freedom to do pretty much whatever we wanted like on a daily basis um So we spent our time, like, at the park. We were always doing something. Um, This is when I lived in Atlanta, so we could go to the aquarium where we wanted. We could go to the zoo. We could have playdates. We could go to Chick-fil-A. Like, I don't know. I just had a lot of freedom in that job. Mm -hmm. Like, parents trusted me 100%, gave me, you know. That makes a huge difference. Like, 100% freedom to do pretty much whatever we wanted to do. So, like. He was my little breakfast date. We would go out to lunch together um, if, you know, they were going out on, like, a date night or whatever and I was staying late. We would, like, either order in food or, like, we would go to dinner together. Like, I don't know. That child was just, like, my little best friend. Mm -hmm. And 
I mean, I just love him so much. Um, and he's just, he's so sweet and he's so kind. Um, and I miss him so much. <laughs> Have you guys been back to Atlanta? Have you seen him? I saw him. I haven't seen him in a while. I moved in July of 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2018. Um, and I saw him in September when I went back. Um, I was there for like a weekend. So I went and like picked him up and we went and got ice cream and went to the park. Um, and then I saw him a few weeks later when I came back with Ian to like bring some stuff. We like saw them on our way out um, of the city. But I haven't, like, been in Atlanta for long enough since then. Like, I've gone back a couple times. Like, we were home for, like, two days for Christmas one year. And then I was there a year ago for Hannah's wedding. But I was in and out. It was, like, a I was there for, like, 72 hours. Um, so I haven't, like, seen him in person in almost two years, which is really sad to me. That's so sad. <laughs> just because of, I just haven't been there, and then COVID happened. I was supposed to be in Atlanta for, like, a week in April. Yeah. Um, oh, April. <laughs> COVID happened. So those plans went out the window. Um, but, like, we'll FaceTime, and his yeah. mom still, like, texts me that, like, well, we were doing this and that and parks remembered you or, you know, mentioned you and said like, Oh yeah, Sarah, I love her so much. Like she's my nanny. She'll always be my nanny. Um, or like I would always take him to build a bear every year for Christmas. And he like still carries around like his Pikachu doll or the little dragons that he made. Um, but yeah, that kid has like all of my heart. Yeah. And the twins, I had, um, I worked for them or worked with them for three years, Mm -hmm. I think. And really close with them. And their dad, um, said something really sweet to me one time. I was like helping them like learn how to read. I think they were like four and a half. And I was just like sitting with them at the table, like teaching them, going over like sight words and like reading And he just happened to, like, be in the kitchen after, like, he had just gotten home. And he was just, like, watching me, like, with them. And he was like, Sarah, I just, like, can't say enough how thankful we are that you're Mm -hmm. in our lives. And, like, just, like, what you're doing right now, like, helping them learn how to read. And, like, you're always so helpful with, like, their school stuff. And he was like, he's like, I don't know where you're going to be when they're 18. But... And who knows if this will actually happen. But he was like, you know what? When they graduate high school, I don't know where we're all going to be, but I want to fly you in for, like, their high school graduation. Because you were, like, such a great, like, person to, like, help, like, their foundation of, like, just their education and stuff. Um, But that was really sweet. So I talked to them. We usually, like, talk at Christmas. Like, we we send Christmas cards to each other, and then we'll, like, Skype. But they're, like... 11 years old now it's crazy um, that is what is so funny is that like you're such an integral part of like their life and like the person that they are but like a lot of times like you like lose contact with them or like you you know what I mean like things like that because yeah. like you know and they don't remember because they're like five when you leave and it's like you know yeah it's so sad 
I will say another family that I worked for, um, they live in my parents' neighborhood and they, my parents still live there and so do they. So every time I go home, I get to see them. And, um, so that's like really sweet. Um, that I still have like kind of relationship with them just because whenever I go home, I get to see them, but yeah. So I, um, was like super close to the families when I worked in the preschool and when I left I was still babysitting for them and things like that and like I'm still like the moms like we're like friends on Instagram and stuff and we like always like talk and stuff which yeah. is super cute um and then like the first family that I nannied for like the girls were in my wedding and um Tommy and one of the girls Lillian like they had like this bond like they like loved each other it was so cute um but they're in Singapore now so they like we like kind of like the girls will get on Instagram and stuff we kind of talk but um they're gone and then like the family I worked for in Vermont like they were the nicest people in the world and like they're so adorable and like they like they invited us to like Thanksgiving and like they like just were so incredibly kind um but then obviously the family that I work for that I've worked for for like ever um they're like my children like they're like my family like Michael is like my child (laughs) like he's like my and that's something like I struggled a lot in Vermont because I missed them so much like that was something that was so so hard for me and I didn't I thought I thought it would be difficult but I thought for sure like I would find a new family and I would get a new job and it was like whatever and it didn't go away like ever and I think it's just because it was it's a similar situation to how it was with UMP like I had all the responsibility, all the freedom to do whatever I wanted. And so from day one, it was like me and them. And like, there was like no anything. Like, it was just like, we were like a little unit and stuff. So exactly. Like you become like, yeah. Yeah. So like a third member of their, like a third, like parent in their family or like a third, like, you know, whatever. So, um, it's kind of always been that way. And that's what, um, my boss was telling me that I'm like, I'm like her little sister and also like her like daughter and like her this and that and like because like it's just like a weird bond um but like I do think that like sometimes in this job you do find the people who are like meant to be your people and mm-hmm. like those are your people yeah I always and heard, like I always you know heard, yeah I always heard people talk about like unicorn family like, your yeah. unicorn family is, like, your family that's, like, perfect and whatever. And I guess I guess I didn't fully appreciate that when I was here the first time and then we left. But, like, coming back, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is my family. Like, these are my people. Yeah. Like, these kids are my kids. Like, and they're not, obviously. Like, they're not my children. But yeah. <laughs> they are, like. I mean, that's, like, another weird thing about, like, being a nanny is, like, you can't do this job unless you become attached. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you can't care for a kid day in and day out without loving them. Yeah. And I was just tweeting and, like when Michael comes out of school, like we are like across the yard, like I am on the sidewalk and he is like across the yard. There's like a whole driveway for the bus. And then like, there's a the school doors. They come out and every time he comes out those doors and they go down the steps and they have to like walk all the way around. Every time he sees me, he's like, like yells and he's so excited and he's like waving to me and it's just like it's like the best like the best thing ever I'm sorry I like yelled in your ear um 
And it's like the best thing ever. And it's like, if for some reason I don't ever have kids, like at least I had them because they, they feel like they're mine. They feel like, like I have like that relationship with them where it's like, I just want like the best for them and I care about them and their happiness matters to me. And like all of our little traditions and things are special to me. And, um, yeah. So it's cute. (laughs) So now that we've talked for like 600 hours, um, is there anything else you wanted to say about nannying or anything? Um, I think we talked about like everything. I know. Yeah. Forever long lists here. Um, (laughs) No, I really think we hit, like, everything that, like, I had written down. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for doing this. Of course. This is so exciting to me. This was, like, you're my first, like, non-in-person interview. So this was, like, a really big, like, a really big deal. Um, And, yeah, this was fun. It was fun talking about everything. So, yeah. And I've thought about just talking. Like seeing your face. I know, I know. That's also so exciting. <laughs> I've thought about talking about like nannying on, in like a podcast and stuff. So it was like so fun to be able to do that with another nanny and like someone that like yeah. has such wisdom to share and like <laughs> oh, well, good insight and things. So thank you so much for I coming and doing this. Of course. And hopefully I'm able I'm to edit this, to this and it sounds good and everything works out and whatever. But yeah. Do you know what you have to do though? What? You have to chow it out. Chow it out. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> How do we do it? Okay, I don't Okay, That's I right. I don't know why I do this also. Like I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it's like slightly like insensitive because I know nothing about like French or whatever. But, oh, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> it's just chow. Yeah, so you just got to do it. But you have to do it alone because you're the guest. So it's all on you. Why am I nervous? <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. And until next time. Ciao. Bye.